So self-doubt is normal, believe it or not. Like all the emotions that we feel is normal behavior. You're inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop, a podcast dedicated to helping you get back up again, turning your pain into power, turning your trauma into triumph. I am your host, KK Smith, and I find joy in helping you get back up again. This podcast holds a space for you to grow, heal, and connect like you never have before. So grab your coffee and step inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop. This episode is sponsored by Confidently Creating. Reinvent your life and business from the inside out. Grab the free business plan checklist this month. Go from side hustle to business owner, from nine to five to business owner, and from dreaming to business owner. Grab the free business plan checklist and start your journey into owning your own business today. Available in the show notes anywhere you're listening to this podcast. Okay, thank you for joining us today, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about some of the things that really plague us from the inside, which are fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, low self-confidence, and we are joined by psychotherapist Katie Oniteri Hegeman, who is a psychotherapist, life and family therapist, and her business is called Life and Family Guidance. And she also has products like self-care journal, um, self-care entrepreneurship journals, as well as guides. And she helps individuals overcome self-doubt as well as a plethora of other services she offers in her business. So Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself that I missed? (laughs) You did such a good job. Um, Yes. So I have two boys and I'm married and I just love what I do as far as helping people and advocating to teach people how to apply self-care to their lives. So I am a psychotherapist. I do individual couples and family therapy. Awesome. So today you're going to show us, teach us rather, some things that probably all of us have suffered with over the years throughout our lifetime, whether it was in small doses or really big doses. And that's fear, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and having low self-confidence. And we're talking about self-care. We're doing a series on self-care. So can you start with telling us Why do we suffer from, first of all, low self-confidence? Yeah, so low self-confidence, also low self-esteem comes from, you know, our early childhood memories and the stories we may have been told indirectly or directly about ourselves or the story we learn to tell ourselves, right? So that's where it starts and it's something that we carry on so it's our internal that inner critic that's in us um, that affects our overwell-being so let me clear this up I said everyone not everyone suffers from low self-esteem or fear or self-doubt because some people were really nurtured and you that made me think about what I said Um, a lot of times people are have been nurtured and have been really built up on the inside when they were little so 
they don't suffer with this or have you noticed is there something that is a common thread in human behavior or some people never struggle with these emotions well, I think that we all um, have our inner voice, but there's a thing called re resilience, right? So no matter what happens to you in life that, you know, you, you feel emotions, negative emotions, um, and then you're able to adjust appropriately and, and keep moving forward. And your past doesn't really impact your future or your well-being. Um, and that is what we call resilience when you can move past certain things in your life. And then there's some people who have a degree of resilience um, and, and they may struggle a little while to get over certain types of traumas that have happened. Um, again, going back to childhood and thinking about, you know, let's talk about mother and daughter attachment. When a baby is born or even a son, like that early childhood baby attachment. It's so important because that is the foundation of relationship. And so when a baby does not feel that love, that natural love, that instinct, that holding, that belonging, that's where it starts. That's when the baby, if, if a mother doesn't come, when the baby cries, when the baby is a newborn or, um, if the baby is neglected and stays in a crib all the time and, and or you know because the only way a child a baby can communicate is through crying and so if we don't answer to a child's crying that early attachment is what sets that baby's um self-esteem and mm. when a mother come and answer, the baby becomes confident right it, mm -hmm. they're being cuddled they being cooled right um so you know every situation is different and some people can deal with a lot of trauma and still be able to feel good about themselves but it takes work so it takes everyone to really work on themselves uh children and i keep saying children because that's where it starts you know that is where that confidence and that self-doubt start so if you have a good support system around you early on that definitely um, helps build confidence and we can do that by putting kids in uh, extracurricular activities um, giving them the positive affirmation those things is what builds the foundation so that when they have issues or they even get into fights or verbal disputes with other people they're able to learn to like be resilient about it like not that they're getting over it but they're able to have a thicker skin to know you know to keep it moving and not let it bother them as much mm -hmm. so when you mentioned resilience so resilience is it can only happen when you have a strong foundation met as in the hierarchy of abraham maslow's hierarchy where you have those basic needs met and then you can move on to the next. So how does how does it look when you don't have resilience in life? What what is the outer expression of someone not having resilience? Like let's just say in young adulthood, um around your thirties, forties, what does it look like to not have that resilience? Well, I'm thinking 
for someone who don't have that resilience, that's that's that low self-confidence again. And it's not, you know, their fault that they don't have it. It's just that they just don't have the the tools needed to um, move forward. So it's just someone who's just struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're having a hard time to get over things. So they are like easily irritable or they're anxious or they're, um, they may even overreact or, or underreact to certain situations. Mm-hmm. I was listening to something recently about resilience and they were talking about recovery is just as important as resilience when we're going through something and we don't, we can't recover. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about resilience, but then the recovery process. And I think that happens with what you said with your foundation. So much goes back to our childhood. So much goes back. So let's move into self-doubt. So what would you tell our listeners about self-doubt? So self-doubt is normal, believe it or not. Like all the emotions that we feel is normal behavior. So, you know, I'm going to touch on a couple of emotions to bring it back to self-doubt. But when we feel anxious or we feel jealous or we feel um, sad, anger, like those are, it's normal to feel our emotions. God gave us our emotions to feel, right? Uh, But the problem is when we have, bring it back to resilience, right? When we can't self-regulate ourselves to move forward, when such things as self-doubt get in the way where we cannot do things that will make us better people, right? Where we're trying to elevate ourselves. So, you know, it's one thing to, you know, have these great dreams and aspirations, but it's another thing to do the actions to get it done. Right. Right, right. So feeling the emotion and whatever it is, self-doubt, fear, anger, but still realizing, okay, I have to move forward. And I think that is what separates the, that's what really determines if you're going to have resilience is moving forward in, in, you know, whatever. And like you said earlier, some people have experienced so much trauma, but for for whatever reason, they have moved forward and conquered this fear, um, jumped over these goals. And what is the difference between people that have experienced a lot of trauma and a person that jumps over to the other side and a person that doesn't? What is what is the difference? <laughs> I hate to sound repetitive, but again, it's that resilience. <laughs> They're able to... Uh, regulate themselves to move forward and to also um, getting the help that they need, right? Like, you know, everybody needs to work on themselves. There's no perfect person. So understanding that and not being afraid to work on. And, you know, I I told you that I'm big on self-care. So what does that mean? Self-care means what are you doing to take care of yourself? What are you doing to care for yourself financially? What are you doing to care for yourself mentally, emotionally, uh, relationship-wise? Like, what are you doing to have 
those thriving areas in your life. Um, so when we when we think about that and, and what we're doing, that goes a long way. That makes a difference in someone, someone who can be successful and someone who's not. Like, how are you getting unstuck? Because we're all going to get stuck. That That is so true. Um, I was talking to one of my clients and she was in such a stressful program. And she was telling me, she was like, you know, when I leave, every time that I did her hair, I would notice that she would go and have these deep tissues, <laughs> deep tissue massages. And I laugh because they hurt when I get them. But she had a system set up for herself that she would not skip no matter what. She had small children, but the program was so stressful. She needed this. And when you were speaking, it made me think about we don't have in place systems a lot of times to build a bridge for resilience, for building a bridge so we can get through those hard moments. A lot of our self-care has been uh, a talk on the phone to somebody, girl, you know, this happening. But it's just simply not that simple sometimes. Sometimes we need people like you, therapists, um, massages. We need um Coaching. So what are some of the things that you have found that has helped people um, get to the other side with self-care? Creating healthy boundaries, trying to figure out what their calm, relaxing space is, right? So I had, um, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, you know, like try to think of a calm space or a relaxing space. And he was like, well, I don't think I have that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it may sound simple to some people, but to other people it's really not because they don't have been in that mode of, I gotta do, I gotta move, I gotta go, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, right? So let's start here. Yeah, that fight or flight mode is some of us are so intuitive to just operate on that level all the time when you don't realize you need that calm space. So where is it? Who is it? What is it? And sometimes our environments are the people. I know we hear this. It's cliche. But, you know, people say, girl, you need need to change your environment. You need to get around, you know, get from around toxic people and we don't realize how important that is but can you tell our listeners how important it is to just yeah healthy relationships all the way around all the way around all the way around when I say all the way around I'm talking about from your parents to your old children (laughs) all the way around workspace uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, all the way around, you know, who you just even socialize with, you know, all that stuff. Because sometimes they bring an energy to us. Yeah. You may not even know it because you're so used to it that when it goes away, you may be like, oh my God. What happened? Something, and- yeah, what, what? Like, why do I feel like I'm rest now? So light. So, so light. light. Yes. And sometimes I call it the default where we go back to that way of thinking and we have to say, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm free now. I'm free. I'm free from that relationship, from those people, from that thing. And we have to constantly 
realize that we've always had a choice. And I think so many people, you know, could live such a holistic life by realizing that it's okay, no matter how many years you've been around toxicity, it's okay to to just have a brand new life. Yeah, I like what you said, KK. It's about choice. It absolutely is about choice. And you have to choose to put yourself first. You have to choose to do that that caring, right? To get to self-love. So, you know, a lot of people like to say self-love before they really dig into what self-care is. Yeah. But I, I bring it back. No, let's see what your self-care is. What are you doing? And so when we talk about these healthy relationships and things, first you gotta understand what that looks like because again, generational patterns are environments. Like what you are used to becomes the norm. And that's going back to that psychic life. Do you put that then in that fight mode your whole life mm-hmm. and have no idea what it's like to rest? You could have been having a pain in the back of your neck, right? From trauma. And don't even know until you get a relief from it. And then you're like, oh, I ain't never felt that before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it gets really deep, it gets complex. And, you know, I'd say that you just gotta spend time with yourself to really do that work. And journaling, for sure, like write stuff down, really reflect, um, tap into your spirituality, your religion. Like that stuff is important. That becomes a piece of how how your soul feels and how you connect. Um, Reading self-help books, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Drinking water, working out. And again, this stuff is what is good for you. Not everybody else. You don't have to do church how everybody else do church, right? You don't have to eat healthy how everybody else eat healthy you need to figure out what's going to work for you and what's going to make sense for you to do it you know drink your water um i mean it's just so much stuff we really just break break it down again the uh, i said the journaling reading um talking to definitely professional mm-hmm. therapy um if it's about a business coaching situation then maybe you to benefit from a coach to help you get you to the next level. But again, if you got a lot of trauma and you got a lot of emotional and mental issues that you know you can't stay still or, or, or get to the next level because your mind won't allow, that's a sign that you need to get help from a therapist. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that therapist, they can help you dig deep to pull some stuff out to deal with some trauma. So that way you won't waste your money when you go to coaching and, and the next thing. And you can really be elevated to the next level. That's awesome. And I think I just absolutely love this conversation because I've talked to a lot of people on this show, but I don't think I ever talked to anyone that, and, and it resonated how important self-care is. And a lot of times we say self-care and we're thinking about going to a concert or going to get out hair or nails done and that that could be a part of it too but really figuring out I always tell my husband is I love peace you know where is my peace especially the older I get it's like I really speak peace and I think that is so much involved in self-care 
And peace does not have to look like, I love what you said about the religious aspect. It doesn't have to look the same for everyone. Peace could look totally different for, for everyone. Like my sister, she's a nurse and she's like, I would love to get away. And she's done this. She's gotten away. You know, she's out of town somewhere. She turns her phone off and she goes off for the weekend and no one is bothering her. She's in a beautiful space that she loves and that's peace for her, you know? For someone else, it could be a walk on the beach. For someone else, it could be a massage. So I love that peace looks so much different for everyone. And just because it might look different for you, you can't say, oh girl, you you don't have no peace. That's not peace, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I like that we're talking about that too because you know, we have to be aware that we need to understand cultural culture and, and how that plays an impact in our well-being. So I say that because, um, you know, me being a, a, a Black therapist, sometimes I'm in spaces where I'm sharing it with people that are not similar to me. And they deal with clients who are mandated by systems, right? Child welfare systems, criminal justice systems. And so unfortunately, these are minorities who have to see therapists in a mandated way. And, you know, so they bring things to the table to work with their clients who definitely have had a lot of trauma. And one of the things they try to teach their clients these, you know, Caucasians um, teaching minority people is how to be mindful. And their mindfulness is to be quiet, right? And a lot of clients don't know how to verbalize. They don't like quiet. Quiet scares them. Matter of fact, quiet triggers their trauma response. So instead of them voicing that and saying it, you know, it, it becomes a, oh, that client is like, doesn't want to comply and it's not that. Yeah. You know, you have to really explore. So I just say that when we say, well, what is self-care and what it looks like for you, you really have to tap in and own what it looks like to you because people will assume, oh, you need quiet, you need peace. No, I had somebody tell me the other day in a therapy session that they cannot be quiet because it scares them. Right. Instead, their brain goes and goes and goes. Right. But they love the sound of their kids in the background. Right. right. They need to have some type of background noise because that brings them peace. Yes, yes. And, you know, for me, for a long time, it took me a while to get to peace. But my peace, it looks like music, you know, just soft music, reading. I love to read. I love to be in nature you know, meditation. It's, it just looks so different for different people. And once you find what works for you, then you stick to that. And then, like you said, it's so many different ways you could, you could love yourself and have self-care and putting those things into practice and seeing what works for you. You might try yoga and might you might hate it, you know, but, you know, giving yourself a space to at least say, you know what, I'm going to love myself. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to be lighter and freer in every aspect of my life. So yeah. 
That's awesome. This episode is sponsored by Confidently Creating. Reinvent your life and business from the inside out. Grab the free business plan checklist this month. Go from side hustle to business owner, from nine to five to business owner, and from dreaming to business owner. Grab the free business plan checklist and start your journey into owning your own business today. Available in the show notes anywhere you're listening to this podcast. So friends, I hope today's episode was food for your soul and fuel for your life. You can go to anywhere you're listening to this podcast and find out more on our guests. Please rate, share, subscribe to this podcast on any platform. I am your host, KK Smith. And remember, you can always celebrate wins and get back up again inside the Mom Stuff Coffee Shop.